When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. Thank you so much for joining us. We come at you every week talking Buffalo Bills. And what a great time of year to be talking about our favorite team with Bills Mafia out there. Big Newt, you don't sound so good, buddy. What up, though? Yeah, man, I'm still looking. congested. I've been traveling, you know, with my daughter all over the country. So we just left... Memphis, Tennessee, for the uh, first NCAA College Basketball Academy for the top girls in the country, man. It was a wonderful event. Um, they got to listen to people like Brooke uh, Weisbrod and uh, Steffi uh, Swartzen from ESPN and Muffet McGraw, the former Notre Dame coach, did a panel discussion on NIL deals and recruiting and eligibility and stuff. So it was a good weekend, man. It just – too much running for me. I think I caught something. Thank God I, I got back late last night and did a COVID test, so it's not COVID. So I probably just need to sit down and get some rest. But, hey, you called me and you was like, hey, man, we got to record. So I pull up my big boy draws and let's get it on. <laughs> Way to be, my man. And to let the listeners know, we are going to be talking about Madden rankings. We're going to be talking about the NFL Top 100 list. But first... I think we'd be remiss if we did not touch on last week with your boy, Joe Johnson. I cannot tell you how much fun I had talking to that guy. It's so funny, man, because you're like, what are we going to talk about this week? And I'm like, we got to talk about Kemp. And you're like, that's going to be boring. I'm like, man, whatever we talk about at the last week is going to be boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hard to get 100 every time. You know what I'm saying? So, uh yeah, and, and, and we were talking. It's funny because you only took out maybe forty five minutes, but we talked for like an hour, over an hour, you yeah. know. And we forgot. And, I, and one of the amazing things, and I apologize to our listeners. Amy, shout out to you. You reached out to us on Twitter and told mm-hmm. and said how much you enjoyed it, and we appreciate the listen too. Um, the, one of the biggest things I forgot to tie in while talking to my boy is the reason why I am a Buffalo Bills fan is because of Henry Jones. And Henry Jones and Joe lived on the same street. And they, I, they were next-door neighbors, Joe said. Yeah, they were next-door neighbors. You know what I'm saying? So I forgot to mention that. And it's funny because now they're both, um, they both live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, really? And so uh, we, we, we forgot to bring out the biggest part, man. We just got going. And that's what happens sometimes. So we had to touch back on that this week. And just to, just to let you know, if you didn't hear last week's podcast, first of all, Please go and listen to it. It might be the most entertaining we've ever done. But we had on Joe Johnson, who is a former New Orleans Saint defensive end. He played uh, in two Pro Bowls. He was at one point the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. The guy was great. He, He was a great player. And 
lo and behold, he and Newt are tight going back to childhood when they played football together. And also, <laughs> when he was playing for the Saints, Newt was his roommate. Well, I, I wouldn't say roommate. I came and moved in into his house. So, <laughs> so I more lived with him than me being a roommate. Wait, 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 what's what's the difference there? Because it's his house. At any given time, he could just roll over and be like, "Get the hell out of my house." Uh, all right, all right. So <laughs> I'm being I'm being funny, man. I'm being funny. Yes, we were roommates. Yeah, that was hilarious. Good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Get the hell out of my house. Okay, no problem. Let me pack my stuff. But yeah. the thing that really struck me is that he has such a good sense of humor and is such a good-natured guy, but still, you can tell that he was well-coached by his agents because even now, he is not going to say anything that is going to be construed as controversial. Now, has he always been like that? No. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's polished. He's polished. Very. So when he gets in front of Mike or camera, he's not going to do anything stupid. You know, that's one thing I could say. He's well, polished. Well, I got to say, it was the best Big Newt episode we've ever had also, because your stories were, they were flowing like water, and I loved it. Even though my mic went out for about 20 minutes of that, so I don't know what was going on. <laughs> you, you edited that part out. I don't know what was going on. Dude. Yeah, we kept going without you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did. Anyway, if Joe's listening to this episode, please come back on with us anytime you want. Mm-hmm. It was three years in the making, man, so I'm glad he was able to take time out and do it. Uh, and by the way, I, I will give this a tease, but uh, we will have a guest coming on to preview the Commander's game. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. We love our guests, man. We do, and I promise this is an adult, not uh, <laughs> not a seven-year-old like I brought on last time. He did a good job. And Max was great. <laughs> he was. What do um, you think, real quick, before I forget, man, what do you think about Sean Payton going in on Nathaniel Hackett? You hear about that? I did hear about that. That seemed pretty weird, right? Yeah, he issued an apology, and he just simply said that uh, he has to take off his analyst hat. You know, he was an analyst for Fox Sports. And that's something that they would probably say where when you're once again a head coach, you can't be saying those things. Right. Once again, you know me. I like a little, you know, a little smoke. So if that's how you feel, say it. You know what I'm saying? Um, was it distasteful? Perhaps. But uh, I'm I'm the type of person, man, say what you feel, man, and then you live with the repercussions, I guess. So. Well, the thing that's interesting about it is unless coaches have – a personal issue with another coach, you don't hear much from them. Rarely do you have anything like in the late eighties, early nineties, when Sam Weiss just hated Jerry Glanville and Mm -hmm. talked smack about him constantly. Usually they just, the coaches don't want to be a story. They don't want to create a story. And for one to sound off on another who I don't even know if they have a relationship with each other. Right. It, it just, it didn't seem to make any sense. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, he, he's very deliberate and he must have been trying to do something specific with that. Yes. Maybe. Or maybe he just had a human moment and flew off the handle and was like, oh, crap. I can't walk that one back now, can I? Well, I think he might have been putting in, you know, in case this thing goes sideways, you know, he got a built-in excuse 
Mm. You know, you know. So I don't think he's had. I think NFL Network said he hasn't had a season less than seven wins. And so if he get like six wins this year, and it's the worst even ever, he built. You know, already did a preconceived built-in excuse. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, good point. You know, it was weird though. Yeah, but, it is. It's different. But we have a couple of ratings, different types of ratings coming out recently. And I need you to preface it by saying this or explaining me this. What is the big deal when it comes to Madden ratings? Everybody wants to talk about it. It's written about. It's talked about. I'm not a gamer. So explain to me why this is important. A lot of us grew up playing Madden, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of us, I know you haven't. All right, we've been playing it since, I mean, I'm 50 in a couple of weeks. So I've been playing Madden most of my teenage life all the way into now. And now I pass it on to Jalen. Now Jalen's being in Tui. So, and we didn't get a chance to go into this last week because once again, we had uh, Joe on the uh, pod. We, you know, gave all the time to him as well he deserved. So we got to catch up on a few things. And and since then, the last four weeks since we've been on, that the Mad Rage dropped. And it's, it's trending on Twitter. I mean, people are waiting for it. Just like, I mean, I'm sure, that, like, if you're in a fashion, people are in the fashion week. Right now, uh, uh, FIBA World Cup, soccer. My wife woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning to watch the USA play. So people have their things. And Mad Ratings is a thing for a lot of us get, once again, I'm not a gamer. I'm just a mad player. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really a gamer. Gamers are people, you know, they they play all day, every day, go to work, or maybe go to school, and then they're gaming all the time. So I, I look at those people as gamers. I'm not that. I just play for entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Have a beer, play a little man. And most of it, and I've said this the last three years since we've been on the pod, is closely tied to the performance of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. So since we, it's definitely a tight correlation between our success and how much time I play mad, because all those lean years where we going four and something, five and something, missing playoffs, I didn't really play a lot. But now that we're getting good, I play more because it's funner. I don't play with other teams. I look at people who play with their uh, other teams as like cheating on my wife. So <laughs> I only play with Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Um so it's a big deal for a lot of people. I understand for those who don't know much about man, it's probably, oh, what's the big deal? But it is big. It was, once again, the last couple of weeks, the ratings were trending on t- uh, Twitter. Okay. So tell me about it. What What are you liking about the Madden ratings? Well, we got a couple. We got a few players that are in the top 10 in their positions, and that's what you always want. Matt Milano, um, he's the number six linebacker on the game. Edmonds is right behind them. I hate to say that because we lost them, but Edmonds was right behind them in number seven. Josh Allen, probably the most important position on the game, is the mm-hmm. third best quarterback on the game. That's what you want to see. You want a good quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So he's only behind Joe Burrow and uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's rated 94, and he has the strongest arm on the game. Which seems pretty true to life, right? Yeah. Like Madden always say, the commercial says, if it's in the game – is in the game. <laughs> Daw- Dawson Knox is right. Um, Dawson Knox is right outside the top ten. He's number eleven in tiny ends. Yeah. Right? So we got individually 
people in the top 10, which is good. As far as the teams are concerned, um, the best offense is the Chiefs, obviously, just like real life. Best mm-hmm. defense is the 49ers. Buffalo sure. is number four on offense and number two on defense. All so right. I, I mean, that's teams. true to life as well. That is true. So we got two teams in the – I mean, we have our team in the top two categories, top four. All right. The only other team with top five is the Cowboys, which I think that they just give Cowboys stuff because there's a lot of Cowboy fans and want to sell games. They have the third best defense and the number five offense. Hmm. I don't know about that. That seems awfully high on both fronts. Yeah. Yeah. And then once again, Cowboys, America's so-called team, they put them on there because they want to sell copies. If they suck, then I'm sure that's going to hurt their margin. Um, oh, yeah. And then the top overall teams, the Chiefs, Eagles, and then the Bills, the third best overall team. So, hmm. yeah, so these are things that us players, we, we really consider. Um, and like I said, it's always fun because on the game, Every week of the game, uh, you can play a mode where you put like week one, we open up against the Jets, right? So they'll have that game on there and they'll give the real live stats up to that point, what they did to the preseason, all that. So that really makes it fun. That's why I do most of the time. So will it adjust the player's ability game to game over how they performed? It won't be game to game. The player abilities will probably go up and down every three, four weeks. Oh, that's still pretty frequently. Yeah, it's pretty frequent. When they're on it, yeah, it's pretty fun. But like I said, when you play this mode, they'll talk about the previous game. Like they, like week one, they might talk about something that happened in the preseason. Mm. You know, or have your preseason schedule up there, give the you know, give the stats and give the scores and stuff. So it makes it real life, man. It's it's pretty cool. Love it. Any yeah. ratings of Bills players that you particularly don't like? No. No, I feel like everyone's pretty fair. Um, and once again, there's nothing going to be perfect. Uh, Mitch Morris was probably a little lower than I thought he'd probably be. But, I mean, Mitch Morris is, I mean, I'm not going to say on his last leg, but he's definitely in the back nine of his career. I wish we would have had an off- – our offensive line is not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which Well, it wasn't last year. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, okay, instead of suck, make them okay. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm like, man, we off this line is horrendous. <laughs> well, I, I think that they're going to be better this year, especially if you take into account the players that they have coming over from different teams to form depth and stuff like right. that. Right. And I so mean, far in camp, and we're going to talk about that, it's, it's looking decent, even though we didn't have a good day yesterday. But Well, right. Yeah. But we'll that, talk about that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I the only one that really sticks out is probably Mitch Morris. I wish he was a little bit higher, but yeah. As far as duos are concerned, we have uh some of the top duos on the game. Uh Josh Allen and Diggs is only behind Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is top duo on the game. Mm. They're number two, and then wide receiver duos. We are third with Davis and Diggs, only behind Waddle and uh and Hill. And uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins from Cincinnati. Wow. So yeah, we got we got pretty good use. I I can't ask for much more. I mean, once again, you hop on the game, 
and you play with the Bills, you should be able to compete. I mean, if you're a decent player, if you stink at the game, it doesn't matter who you play with. I know that's right. You know, but I always was a decent player, you know, but back in the day when we stink, it's like if you play against New England, against somebody who's just average, you're never going to beat them. You know, so you just want to be competitive. So I I played Madden like twice in my life and I tried to do it the exact same way that I did Tecmo Bowl, which is Mm -hmm. when you're, when you snap the ball to the quarterback on a passing play in Tecmo Bowl, you just continue to run backwards. Right. I had no concept of stepping up into the pocket, which is, (laughs) you know, how it should be done, but I couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is not going to work on Madden, especially nope. if you play on all Madden or on one of the higher levels. Mm. If you just try to run around, that that doesn't work, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tecmo Bowl was a fun game, though. You spent that game was so simple and so elementary. Looking back at it now, but it was so fun. And I love how on special teams for field goal, there was always one guy on the defensive unit that could block it every time on yes. each team. Love yes. that. It was a glitch. And then <laughs> Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, well, this is a take bow bow, not super take bow bow. Yeah. Bo Jackson, if he runs a sweep and you don't pick it, he, that's a touchdown. You can't catch him. You could a, run all the way down to the goal line and yes. then all the way back to the other end zone. It still won't get him. And all the way back for a touchdown. And yeah, they, they still can't touch him. Mm-hmm. That was insane. Yeah, man. That was a fun game, though. Because I remember Tecmo Bowl, you could only pick four plays, I think. And then Super yes. Tecmo Bowl was like eight, maybe. Because mm-hmm. Buffalo was on Super Tecmo. Right. Because I think regular Tecmo Bowl only had – I had to go back and look. But, oh, yeah, once 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 Buffalo got on there, man, oh, I was so happy. <laughs> oh, I was so I, – I get so happy off the smallest things, man. Like, You're a simple man, but in a I positive am. way. I'm a simple man from, you know, humble beginnings, man. Because when Josh Allen made the cover, I tweeted it out. was like, I've been waiting my whole life for this. And my friends are like, oh, you're such a loser. And I'm like, (laughs) hey, I I admit that, man. I ain't got no problem. I like little things like that. So So while we're talking about ratings, Matt Milano. Matt Milano came in on the NFL Top 100, the first Buffalo Bill to appear on the list, at number 69. Yes. Now, I have that site in front of me right now, and I'm watching Matt Milano highlights about halfway through the eight-minute bag here. And that seems kind of low for the sixth-best linebacker on Madden, doesn't it? I just think it's the value of the position, perhaps. Um, It. Mm-hmm. He could be hiring, and once again, the uh, NFL top 100 for the listeners, um, NFL.com, uh, NFL Network puts out a survey. It's voted on by NFL players on the top 100 people. I don't know exactly, because I was talking to my boys about it when I told them we was going to talk about this on the pod today. I don't know exactly how they do it, because I'm sure they don't write down 100 names from 1 to 100. I truly doubt they do that. I'm imagining that they have a list. Everyone gets a a list of everyone from in the NFL, and you maybe write down a number by their name, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know you're not going to just write in a hundred names. No, you can't come up with that. You know, they they probably it's probably like the 
the paper ballots that they used to do for the all-star game in baseball. It'd be like, here's all the players at the position, pick your top five or something like that. Ah, yeah, that'd be easier. Good. See, that's why we need you, man. You're smart. Um, (laughs) You've been telling me that for years and I, for years have been telling you that you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, that's like, once again, like Madden every year this time during training camp, everyone looks forward to this list. And mm-hmm. so uh, Jamie and I was like, oh, we should talk about it. Well, we always talk about it since we've been doing this pie. And so Matt Milano being 69. And also, so going back, though, this is only based off the previous years, not the, the career. Mm hmm. All right, so let's keep that in mind too, because uh, it's some it's some numbers that kind of stood out to me. I was like, "What?" But Matt Milano being sixty nine, I'm like, "Meh." He, I think he's better than that. But I top seventy, I can live with that. He's an All Pro. Yes, he is an All Pro, but he did not make the Pro Bowl. Right. So what that tells me is he's still flying under the radar of other players, even though he's an absolute playmaker. Now, interesting to me is the guy right behind him at number 70. This is a player that dropped 40 spots. It's Joey Bosa. Yes. Number 70. Now, he only played in five games. So he's clearly being penalized for not being on the field. But I don't think there's... 69 guys better than Joey Bosa if he's on the field. No way. And once again, like I just said, it's based off the previous year. And the only reason why he's mm-hmm. that low is because he simply played five games last year. Right. Now, you know. one the biggest drop that I've seen so far, Tristan Wirfs. Okay. He's rated number 98. He dropped 57 points. Woo. Now, he only missed a few games. Mm-hmm. And... He made his second Pro Bowl appearance in 2022. But, wow. I know. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Good job. I didn't have that one in my notes. Oh. Who would have thought that? I know, do you, right? Do you think people don't like him? Maybe he's a butt to people or something? Because, I mean, it's also kind of, I would imagine if it's your peers, it's also a, you know, a popularity contest. Well, there's They don't like that. you, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I think people are constantly chasing the shiny object. True. And I'll be very interested to see what's in the top 40 because we only have uh, 41 through 100 right now. Right. I, I I will be very interested. But there is another Buffalo Bill Yes, in, in the list here. Jordan Poirier, number Jordan 57. Poirier. What number? Yes. Number 57? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that's a guy who missed some time this past year, mm-hmm. but is an absolutely dominant player. Now, he dropped 12 spots from last year. I think that's fair based on the games that he missed. Also, does not help his cause not having Micah Hyde out there. Exactly. We know they're better together. Um, I was cool with that, uh, but the one that was right before him, I couldn't believe it. Dak Prescott hmm. is number 56. And what do you feel about that? <laughs> Once again, like we talked about Madden, man. Like, really, Dak Prescott, bro? Dak Prescott. You don't Let think me... he's in the top 60 players in the NFL? Hell no. 
And I'm and I'm really I'm really go to bat. I'm willing to go to bat on this one, congested and all. So you telling me? Hold on, let's let's look at this, because Geno Smith is number seventy seven. He had a good year last year. Seahawks went to the playoffs, I believe. Great year. Okay. Who's five spots in front of Geno Smith? Lamar Jackson, mm. former MVP. So you're telling me that Dak Prescott is almost 20 spots ahead of Lamar Jackson? I don't believe that. Hmm. Well, let's take a look at QBR. Okay. Let's let's take a look. Who who shows up? Where where does he fall on the list? Well, according to QBR, Dak Prescott is number 12, which puts him middle of the pack. Okay. Lamar Jackson, number nine. Geno Smith, number seven. Well, if we're going just on QBR, you've got a strong case. (laughs) You really said that like we were about to start arguing. I was like, okay, let me find some stats now. (laughs) (laughs) Let me look up some stats. Let me get on my computer. Yeah. But can you make a case that Dak Prescott overall is a better quarterback than Tua? Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett? Yes. All right. Well, those are the guys who are rated ahead of him in QBR. Yes. And also behind him, you have guys like Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyler Murray. Even Tom Brady was ranked number 18. Matthew Stafford at number 22. Aaron Rodgers below that. Let me ask you a real quick question. Who would you take right now today, Dak Prescott or Trevor Lawrence? Well, I'd take Trevor Lawrence. Okay, then. And see how easy that was? Don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott, was was that last year, year before last, he led a league in offense? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Led a league in total offense? I don't know if it was passing. Don't get me wrong. It's just lack of playing. Like, he has a great old line. He just don't play like you got to win playoff games, bro. And now the Philly in their division is a juggernaut. I just don't know if that's going to happen anymore. So I think you can make an argument that Dak Prescott is a top 10 QB in the NFL. I don't think you can make a case that he's better than Lamar Jackson. Right. But once again, as I said, he's 20 spots ahead of Lamar Jackson, who has a whole MVP. That that seems like a lot. Yeah. That's all. That's well, all. yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was ready to shot. come to fisticuffs, and then you, yeah, you, I, I, I pronounced you correct. Yeah, you went and looked up your little stats. You, you thought you was gonna get me with your little stats, and then uh, they just, you know, went in my favor. So I like that. It, it, it's very interesting how my perception was not in line with the reality of last <laughs> season. <laughs> that happens all the time. You be getting me on that all the time. I'd be ready to start hollering and spitting, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the eye test sometimes, it'll trick you, man. I, I admit, but, and like I said, Dak Prescott, I think it's just the Cowboys thing, man. The world yeah. loves the Cowboys, so. America's yeah. team, dude. Yeah. America. And so, also, what caught my eye was my boy Zach Martin, man, number 68. You could argue right now today that Zach Martin would be a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, you could make that argument. And you gonna drop him down to sixty eight? I'm like, come on, dude. I know it's based off last year, but sometimes you got to get a lifetime achievement award. You got to give my boy the benefit of the doubt. Sixty eight? I don't know about that. Well, I I'm in total agreement with you because he received his sixth All Pro this past year, and according to Pro Football Focus, he was the number five graded pass blocker amongst guards. He took ninety eight percent of the team's offensive snaps and had one penalty. In 17 games. Yeah. You're telling me there's 67 guys better than him? No. Not a chance. God, no. Like, he's far more dominant at his position than Darius Slay, who's number 65, just to... Give a reference. Yeah. Give a reference. Yeah. Uh, Grady Jarrett is number 63. He's a good player. Yeah. He's not Zach Martin. He's not Zach Martin. That's why I'm like, ah, that doesn't feel good at all. What about Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup was number 47. I thought that was too high. Really? Yeah. So this dude was two years ago the offensive player of the year in Mm -hmm. the whole NFL. Got a Super Bowl and everything. That was too high? You're talking about a different year. He yeah. fell 43 spots to number 47. Yes, he did. Yeah. And, and look at his stats. He, I think he's been in the league six years. He's only really had one great year. So Yeah. I, I get that. This past season, at the time of his injury, he, he, uh, he got injured in week nine. He still ended up 27th in receptions and 36th in yards. So, I mean, maybe that would have extrapolated, but the fact that he missed eight games held him back. Mm-hmm. And one more thing that uh, caught my eye. Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. number 42. Now, normally I would probably go fist the cuss with you over that. But last week I watched the uh, documentary on Netflix. It's called QB or Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and what's your boy down in Atlanta, the pretty boy? Um, went to Oregon. Desmond. Uh, no, no, not Riddler. The, uh, he used to play in Tennessee. Oh, Mariota? Mariota, thank you. Um, Mariota, so it's Mahomes, Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. If you have Netflix, access to Netflix. If you bootleg stuff, get on it. Get on your fire stick. Check it out, man. That is, it's like um, Hard Knocks, but it's better. Really? Oh, God, yeah. It might be the best docuseries. It's not a series. Oh, yeah. Docuseries I've ever seen. It's It's awesome. It's awesome. If you like Hard Knocks, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny, man, because Mahomes – what do you feel about Mahomes? Uh, you like how do Mahomes? you mean? Like, do you like Mahomes? You like Patrick Mahomes? I you do. think he's a cool guy? Okay. Yeah, his voice is so irritating, and that's coming from a guy with a raspy voice. And his wife, people like on Twitter and stuff don't really like his wife and all that. His right. brother and all this stuff. Yeah. You can see it. They're they're kind of I've never seen somebody so corny be so good at football. 
<laughs> and it's almost, but I say that not in like a slap, but it's endearing. Like I'm watching, like I'm like, okay, he's kind of corny. His wife is kind of aloof. Brother, they they didn't really show the brother. They they show him, but he can't talk, you know, because he don't have a good thing on Twitter. They have right. to, you know, ban him. So you can see he's there, but he's never talking. So, but it's we. You can see the dynamic between him and his wife. It's like okay, I can see why they're together. But he works. And it shows their uh, you know offseason workout what they do during the season, and so. With saying that, Kirk Cousins, man, I'm a fan of Kirk Cousins, bro. That dude works his ass off. Oh, yeah. And I can appreciate that, you know. So, anyway, I said all that to say, do I think he's the 42nd best player in the league? Hell no. But I like him, so I'm going to keep him there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was long-winded in saying that. So, yeah, that's what I came, came down to. And even in Travis Kelsey's monologue on SNL, he made fun of – Pat Mahomes' voice. Yes. He sort of did a Kermit impression. Yes. It's so funny. I do like Kelsey, though. He's did funny, hear, dude. Did you hear about Kelsey shooting his shot with Taylor Swift? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. He shot his shot with Taylor Swift and got refuted. So he apparently at the Taylor Swift concerts, for those of you who don't pay attention to Taylor Swift concerts, <laughs> People are making friendship bracelets and giving them out to each other. It's like a, a big just community thing. Well, Chris or Travis Kelsey made a friendship bracelet that he was specifically going to give to Taylor Swift, and he put his phone number on it. Yes. And then what happened? I guess she per- oh, I don't know exactly what happened. I just heard. I just saw the headlines, and she like. You know, shot him down. So I don't know. He never got a chance to give it to her. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I give it. Just reading the headlines. Um, yeah, I, I. It didn't sound to me like I didn't read it. I, I heard it secondhand, but it didn't sound to me like he was shot down so much as he just never had a chance to give it to her. Well, thank you for elaborating. Now That's less funny now. Yeah, but hey, <laughs> let, let's go back. And and talk about just how hilarious the concept is that he would make a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it, and that was his move. <laughs> like, he's a funny guy. He is. Like he, I he love is. his brother. Him and his brother podcast is hilarious, bro. Is it? Love it. Love it. Oh Look, yeah. His monologue on SNL was so good that I I wonder what sort of career he's going to have after football. Is he gonna like go the John Cena route or something like that? Are we gonna find that he's acting? Or doing stand-up yeah. comedy? I could definitely see it. He could be in comedies, yeah, acting. I could definitely see it. He's very charismatic, man. Yeah, very. Yeah. I, I want to hate him. Right. I but you can't. But I, I, I want to hate Patrick Mahomes. But I don't. But but it's sort of the opposite <laughs> of that. I'm absolutely enamored by the fact that he's great. I just don't want to have to listen to Chris Collinsworth talk about him during the game. But, right. I mean... Stop and pay attention. Like, get get off this whole, like, my QB is better than your QB crap and just enjoy the fact that we are seeing a renaissance of quarterback play right now that is unbelievable, and we're not going to have this the rest of our lives. Right, right. And that's one thing, as I get older, I need to start appreciating. Because you know how we do. Usually if Buffalo loses, we just turn off the TV and do other things. Yes. Right? 
But we need to really, because you're right, it's so many great quarterbacks right now. We need to enjoy it. Like during the Michael Jordan years, right? I don't think I appreciated basketball like I should have. So now during the LeBron James era, I try to appreciate it more, even though I'm a Wizards fan mm-hmm. and we lose a lot. I still need to watch these great performances because, like you said, right now with quarterback play is at an all-time high in the NFL. And some of the players in the NBA, we have some stars out there. Mm-hmm. So instead of just basing my happiness off my team, I need to enjoy it more. Like my friends, they play fantasy football, basketball. They be like, Newt, you need to play with us. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I think I've talked about this before on mm-hmm. our pod. I was like, I can't play – fantasy football because I could not see myself cheering for other players. Like I, 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 to me, that's like you're hedging your bets, you know, and I don't like it. And I will probably pick all bills and get my butt kicked. Mm, right. You know, so that don't seem fun to me, but I need to, cause you, like you just said, man, you can appreciate the game more if you just don't wrap it solely up on your team which I've been doing a bad job. Did you know that I don't have an NBA team? Yes. Yes, you did know that. I think we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that before. And I never have. And the interesting thing about that is I was paying close attention during the Jordan years. And it was wonderful to not have a, a, a rooting interest because I was able to just soak it in and follow the storylines and watch the great players and just appreciate what I was seeing. Now, there was a time, you know, during the the Celtics-Lakers rivalry when I would pick a side. And I had cousins that were really into the Celtics. And for a couple of years, I tried to root for them. But I couldn't stay with it because right. it, it didn't really speak to me in that way. But I got to watch amazing games and just appreciate the amazing games. Like, for example, look at college basketball. That Christian Leitner shot against Kentucky. Yes. I had no rooting interest in the game. I watched the game, and I jumped and screamed, Oh, my God! This was amazing! What a finish! You know? (laughs) You get to enjoy it when when you set the the fandom aside. Yep, you do, man. So I got to do a better job at that. Let's make an adjustment here. Real quick, spend a couple of minutes talking about camp right now. Are you loving what you're hearing coming out about the rookie tight end? I am, man. They said this kid is catching everything. Kincaid is out there and hasn't dropped the ball yet. I love it. And everyone, they're speculating that or predicting that he's going to be a very big part of our offense, and that's exciting to hear. So I love that he's catching everything. What's going to happen now that they've put the pads on? Yeah. Yeah. You tell me. How could that mess with him? Because this is, you know, training camp pre-pads, that is the A.J. Epinesa time of year. Yep. And and they said, to, was that today or yesterday, that they said uh, A.J. Epinesa beat uh, Dawkins uh, severely. I think it was on a big play, and they were saying that he would have got the sack anyway, so the play wouldn't have never happened. Right. And so he's looking good in shorts and yeah, looking good in shorts and helmets. So you're right. Once pads go on, we that's another level. So we gotta see how he looks in pads, cause once again, you can make all kind of plays in shorts and tennis shoes and t shirts, but once the pads come on, we'll see what you really are. But with his I, I don't see it being any different. 
I, I mean, if you could catch, you could catch. Like, but what I don't if think... you can't get off the line of scrimmage? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, we'll see. That could happen. Right. I mean, that was that a problem happen. that the Bills had with the receiving core a few years ago, which is why they traded for Stephon Diggs in the first place. Is that John Brown and Cole Beasley could not get off of press coverage at the right. line of scrimmage? Right. But you, you tell me, if you're a tight end in a slot position, is it different and how? Yes, it's going to be different than um, being on the line. Um, it, it plus, it all depends on what defense you're playing also because if he's a ball – like when we talk about Kelsey, like yeah. we all, we've talked about this on the show. If it was up to me, I would put – because he's too big for your slot corner, right, your third mm-hmm. corner, but then – most linebackers can't hang with, so he's a mismatch. That's what we're hoping that Kincaid becomes. So if you start on the line of scrimmage, all right, and then you flex him out to the slot, hopefully we create a mismatch there. Yeah. That's what you want. Now, uh, the difference is that Kelsey came out of college a good blocker. Mm-hmm. Which Kincaid is not. Right. The, the best Kincaid can do, according to the film that I've seen, is get in a player's way, but then he gets knocked around. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's fair. So what do you do? Do you put him in motion? Do you have him run a circuitous route through the line? Do you have him line up an H-back spot to try to get some momentum before the player can get their hands on him? Like, what do you do? You could scheme do that. that guy. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to be innovative and we're going to have to think of things to do that. I mean... Do you go double tight ends? Uh, and then a lot of the you, time, I would say you have to. And then when you run, run to, you know, Dawson side instead. I mean, I don't know. I want to wait and see. Because a lot of guys come out of college with a rap, and then maybe it turns out he get coached up. Maybe it was some technique thing, and he become a better blocker. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I'm going to wait and see on that one. I, I'm going to be very interested, too, because we've seen it in the past where all the hype comes out when they're in shorts, and yep. then the pads come on, and you never hear that player's name again. They don't even get on the field during preseason games, and they're the the first cut, and people are screaming, oh, why would you cut that guy? He was doing so well in March. Right. <laughs> What do we always say on this show, man? You got guys that look like Tarzan, but play like Jane. So <laughs> let's not hope that that's, that's – I don't think that's what's going to happen to Dawson Knox. I mean, I'm sorry, not Dawson Knox, but uh, Dalton Kincaid. I don't think that's going to happen. Interestingly, and, they have the same initials. Yep, you're right, DK. I will tell you something about – what about the signing of Andy Isabella? I don't know much about Isabella. Give me the four one one. Well, he was a second round pick, twenty nineteen from the Arizona Cardinals. He went to some mid major school, Maine, UMass. I don't know one of those, mm-hmm. but the dude is fast, right? And so we talked about it the last couple of weeks. Um, we were talking about man ratings and their speed and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to keep him. I don't care if he's not in our top six or seven. Keep him just because he's speed. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing that he's running the low four, uh, four threes, like a four three one. 
And so even our fast guys are saying that he's the fastest guy on the team. Hmm. So I want to keep him just because of that. He's a smaller guy, but you can't you can't uh, make speed, man. So if he's really a four low four three guy, let's keep him around and let's figure out how to use him. Well, I I feel like he's insurance against uh, Deontay Hardy injury. Yes, and I I mean I got to be honest with you, I I love when they do this because what it's doing is it's raising the floor by creating competition. So right. I, I guarantee you the number six wideout on this year's team is going to be far superior to last year's. I agree. But That's it. Go ahead. I am going to say, I think that there is a, I think there's a dark horse here. I okay. think one of the undrafted free agents has a very realistic shot at making this team as strictly a special team or gunner. Hmm, okay. I, I keep on that. I, there's a guy out there. We'll talk more about it as we get close to the season. He could sneak his way onto the roster. Okay. All right. Glad to keep on it. So tell me what you're thinking about the middle linebacker rotation. Well, so far at camp, so so far at camp, they've been rotating. Once again, uh, Terrell Dotson, uh, Baylor Spector, Terrell Bernard, A.J. Klein, they all been taking first-team reps uh, at the middle linebacker spot. Every day is different combinations of those, so we're nowhere near getting a clear cut with that. Um, I really thought one of my predictions for the season in the spring was that A.J. Klein would be that guy. Mm-hmm. It, I don't feel like that now. Just off the first week of you know of uh, training camp, it I doesn't think it, doesn't feel like it right now. It doesn't feel like that, and, I, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised. So I don't know if that's more because um, we both agreed that AJ Klein would be you know because he's familiar with the defense, but maybe we're going in a different direction. All right, under McDermott, so. Maybe he's looking for that same athleticism that made them draft uh, Edmonds in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I admit, and I'm and I'm the type of person, man. If I'm wrong, I will get in front of the whole world and say I'm wrong. I don't beat the table trying to be right. I'm not one of these people who no one try to because I have some friends that they be dead wrong, but they'll argue that they were right. <laughs> And I've hung up on people because of that. And I'm like, you know you dead wrong. Just admit it. But some people don't <laughs> like to admit they're wrong, man. And I hate it. And so even any little thing, I'll be like, oh, yeah, man, my fault. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, you know, people because- are out there still trying to prove themselves correct about Josh Allen when they said he would never amount to anything. Admit yeah. you're wrong. Admit you're yeah. wrong. <laughs> and I was wrong. I, I'm not going to lie, man. We tried to Josh Allen. And especially the first couple of years, man, I was just like, what are we doing? Same, I, same here. Same I'm not going to lie. I love the guy. Yeah. Now I love him. And, and I can say it in front of everybody. He proved me wrong, you know? Uh, and I like being proved wrong. I have no problem because that's, that's right. only going to make us win games. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, I told you so and we suck. So, but yeah, uh, middle linebacker spot. 
uh, it's definitely still up for grabs. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on and see how it plays out. I hope but, Balin Spector ends up winning it. And the reason uh, I say that is that I hope that he ends up showing more that he takes a huge step forward because I'm not feeling great about um, Terrell Bernard's size. And I, we have seen Terrell Dodson not be good in pass coverage. He's so beatable in coverage. Mm -hmm. So I, I I hope bail inspector because I don't know who he is that he proves to be somebody head and shoulders above the other two. Yeah, I can see that. But I feel like if it was right now, the Dotson would probably be the starter. I, w- I would think so. Yeah. So, what? Why you start with the middle linebacker spot? You know, because we're how long we've been on this thing now? We've been on this thing for almost fifty minutes. Yeah. You know what everybody want to talk about, bro? Come on. Nope, I have no idea. QB, I mean, uh, uh, CB two. <laughs> I say QB two. No one cares about Kyle Allen. Cornerback number two. Yeah, I. You know, I. I don't know what there is to say about it other than it looks like it's going to be an amazing competition. And from an asset allocation standpoint, everybody wants Kyer Elam to win. But if he's not that guy, if he still needs to develop, don't play him. And we knew coming out that he is a man-to-man coverage guy. And they play zone. So right. it's going to take him time to develop into that. Yeah, so right now it looks like Dane Jackson is going to be uh, the second corner. And if that happens, I mean, Kerry Elo has to develop and develop quickly. Mm-hmm. He was a, a first-round draft pick, right? And so we've talked about uh, Brandon Bean and his drafts. We've talked about it in the off season, how it's so pedestrian, mm-hmm. how we overlook, even though he got Josh Allen right. Um, if you have a first round draft pick and Dave Jackson and Christian Bedford, who was like a seventh round draft pick out of Villanova, mm-hmm. if these guys, if, if Kyrie Elam coming out of the SEC can't beat these guys, then I'm not saying it's catastrophic. I'm not saying any. I'm just saying that, like you said, that's a bad use of your resources and your draft picks. I agree with that. But for me, I'm putting the timeline on Kyir Elam at three years. I won't be mad if he doesn't start this year because I think he could start next year. Because I think he's still going to develop because he has the athletic pedigree to do it. He just needs reps. Well, well, let's hope you're right. That That's what I'm thinking. I just, also, I like the way Christian Benford plays, and I like his size. Right. But I'm just thinking you spent a first-round draft pick to hopefully get some better, someone better than Dane Jackson. Yeah, you, you, you want better than that. <laughs> you want better than that. So my thing is, if Dane Jackson beats him this year, he's also getting reps, Jamie D., so, he, I mean, Dane Jackson, Dane Jackson, where did he go? USC? He went to USC, didn't he? Uh, no, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. Yep, you're right, Pittsburgh. And so, I mean, as he get, as Elam develops to get reps with Dane Jackson, getting better too. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just hope that, you know, he would have came in and be better than what you have. That's what first-round picks are. So, 
I don't know. I'm a little disappointed when it comes to that. So. Well, you know, it's hard to have a good feel for where it is right now. It may be the type of thing where they're trying to light a fire under Kyer Elam by saying, no, you're on the depth chart. You got to gotta keep playing harder. Right. He doesn't practice well. They, they've said that. Right. He did right. play very well at the end of last season in the playoffs. He did. So he did. that's something clearly that, that can be built upon. But I'm, I think it has to play out before I have any strong opinions on that. That's fair. You, you play the waiting game, being patient. No <laughs> not, not what we're supposed to do uh, on a podcast, is it? Aren't we no. supposed to be all hot takes all the time? Nah, man. You ain't going to get that from us, man. We're no. not blowhards. No. Um, what about DeMar Hamlin? Back in pads, man. What do you think about that? It's a beautiful story. It's it so is. inspiring. It is. You just can't help but root for the guy. Now, here's the thing. The Bills have on the roster six guys that could conceivably play safety in the NFL and have starting experience, including him. They've got to find a spot for him. But, you know, real life is a, is a mean game, and I I don't think there's any way you can cut him, but there's a possibility that it could happen, especially if he finds himself injured or is – a little slow on the uptake when it comes to the physical side. Right. I That that would be the worst thing that I've ever seen if it goes down like that. So many people have texted me the last couple of weeks and asked me, is DeMar Hamlin going to make the uh, Bills team? And I'm like, they, they got to keep him. They, they got to keep him this year. I mean, no matter what. And my thing is, you know me with the little stuff, you run him out the tunnel and the place is going to go nuts. Yep. I'm all for those kind of things. So you got to keep them. You right. Jordan Poyer, Hyde, those are the two starters. Taylor Rapp, who I'm hearing is balling. Okay, so But he is an in-the-box safety, mm-hmm. not a coverage guy. And then Dean Marlowe, we brought him back, so you got to think that he's going to make it. Yeah, I think you could probably sneak him through to the practice squad. And then D, uh, DeMar Hamlin. And so, uh, Zane Anderson. Zane Anderson. Who I, I don't think is going to make the team, but he has some starting experience. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. They've got some quality back there, man. Yeah, they do. So that makes me happy. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. <laughs> I, I want to ask you one quick question before I go. Okay. I was out of town this week, right? And so I met a person on the shuttle, um, a young person interning, right? And she told me she was from Buffalo. I'm like, oh. So you know what I do. I pull out my phone and uh, show that picture of me and uh, and me and Doug Flutie. Yeah. And so she looks at it and she was like, well, I know that's you over there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. And then she's like, I don't know who that is. What kind of bullshit is that? And so I was like, should I just turn around and not speak to her anymore? So what I'm asking you is, do you think it's reasonable to assume or or not assume, require that a Buffalo Bills fan who's of college age know who Doug Flutie is? I would say no, because 
that would be like the equivalent of being in college in the early 2000s and getting upset if somebody didn't know what Joe Ferguson looked like. Ooh, okay. All right. I wouldn't have known. I, I wouldn't have either. I, I don't know what Joe Ferguson looks like, even though I started paying attention to the Bills while he was playing there. Okay. All right. That's fair. So, you know, I doubled down. I showed him the picture of me and uh, uh, <laughs> I showed her the picture of me Jim and uh, Kelly. Jim Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And she knew right off the bat who that was. Okay. So I'm like, okay, okay. You okay, know what? Cool. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I was like, all right, you're cool. But if she didn't know Jim Kelly, then I don't, I just would have turned around and not spoke. You're going to punch her in the face. I would not have. Would have been allowed. I would. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) See y'all next week, man. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo.